0: the employment law show on global news radio
1: it's about eight minutes after seven o'clock on your wednesday look at that third of november already we're just ripping through 2021 and it's been a very very busy year in total and a ton of questions ton of phone calls every week i know you right to your phone at the office and here on the show as well. And in that regard, the phone lines are already open. We want to call through Lior Samfiru, co founding partner, Samfiru Tamarkin, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in this country. And call us here. Now, 416-870-6400 to reach the or any other time, help at employmentlawyer.ca. you got the option of pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, that website, and one 821 5900 If you missed any of that, no problem. i repeated it throughout the show, so we will get to that several times. And you can write it all down, but the phone lines are open. We are ready to go. Coming up on the show, legal concepts that every employee must know. This is you. This is me. This is everyone listening, so... Stick around for that in between the phone calls, but don't be bashful. Your calls make the show what it is and have been doing so for nearly 10 years, so let's get right into it, pal. A week that was, you got a couple issues you want to uh, to machete our way through. What's going on?
2: Hey, John. I actually have a lot of issues uh, and and questions and uh, problems that I've I've dealt with and I'd like to talk about, and we'll try to Mm. get to. As many of those as possible, but it's certainly been uh, another crazy week so far. It's only Wednesday, but I'm ready to answer as many questions as possible tonight. If you have a workplace issue, a workplace question, any problem, pick up the phone, call us right now. Let's get you some answers. Let's get you some help and solutions. You may have a question about mandatory vaccines. You may have a question about mandatory COVID testing. Maybe You lost your job. Maybe you've been put on an indefinite unpaid leave. Can that happen? What does that mean? What are your rights? Whatever the issue, whatever the problem, this is the exact time for you to call right now. And remember, your issue is not just yours. There's other people that are probably dealing and struggling with the same questions and problems. So by calling us and allowing me to help you, you're going to be helping others as well. So let's have that good conversation. And of course, we may not be able to get to all the topics that we want tonight. Not a problem. If you have a question that we haven't touched on, let's connect privately off air. You'll get my contact information throughout the show, phone number, email address. So don't be bashful. Use it. For now, give us a call on the show. And to get us warmed up for the calls, John, let me tell you about a couple of situations that came across my desk. I got a call from a lady who had been off on a what I call a COVID layoff since mm-hmm. the spring of 2020 so that's about a year and a half now She has not worked in a year and a half and at this point doesn't know or if, if she's going to be called back to work except guess what last week she gets a letter from her employer saying uh, you have to go and get the vaccine and if you don't get the vaccine by mid-november uh we're going to terminate your employment now john this is someone that's off work been off work for <laughs> a year and a half and her employer saying if you don't get the vaccine, we're terminating you. I mean, can it be sillier and more ridiculous than Kidding. that? So here's how this breaks down. First of all, let's let's talk let's put the vaccine issue aside for a second. The reality is that the fact that she was put on the layoff a year and a half ago, that's not allowed. That is a termination. So she can choose, she could have chosen to do it. A year and a half ago she could do it now she can choose to treat that layoff that one that happened back in spring of 2020 as a termination and get severance same with you by the way if you're still sitting at home on a COVID layoff you can choose to treat it as a termination of employment so right off the bat that employer did something wrong now they're compounding it and saying if you don't get the vaccine we're going to terminate you for cause first of all there's no basis to require an employee that's not at work to get the vaccine There's no basis in law and there's no basis in common sense. And, And regardless of that, remember, I've said this before on the show, there's very good reasons to get the vaccine, but that's not the question. The question is whether not getting the vaccine is just cause. And the answer is no, it's not. It's not cause. So an employer that chooses to terminate an employee for not getting the vaccine has to pay them severance as much as 24 months pay. So either way, whatever this employer, uh, whichever way this employer looks, it's going to end up with it having to pay severance. Same with you at home. If you ultimately are choosing not to get the vaccine, unless you work in an industry where the government has mandated the vaccine, if you're let go, if you're suspended, you are owed severance. The employer cannot avoid that. If you're in that situation, you know what to do. Reach out to me.
1: And again, as uh, Leor mentioned, any time off air, it is possible one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. But here and now, of course, four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. We will get to your second matter, Leor. But as we mentioned off the top, the f- top priority always is the uh, the good listenership in our phone calls. In that regard, we're going to get to Sean. Hey, Sean, thanks for uh, standing by for a moment. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you guys doing?
1: Good, brother. What's uh, what's on your mind tonight?
0: Okay, so I work for a federal company. Um, I'm not going to say the company on there, but um, the mandate is, uh, for the vaccine is November 26th. So I'm going to be placed on leave without pay. If they end up letting me go, can I get severance even though I'm part of a unionized company?
2: So unionized employees don't really get severance in a situation like that. What the union can fight for is reinstatement with back pay. But the union has to do it, and the only option is for the union to fight it. If the union says, yeah, no, we don't want to, unfortunately, you don't have many options at that point. You can't pursue severance. You can't hire me to help you get severance. You can't even go to the government to have the government help you. It has to be the union. So all I can tell you right now, Sean, is talk to your union, see what they're willing to do for you, because they have the right and the ability to fight for you.
0: Okay, one sorry, one quick thing after that. If the mandate is dropped after they had let somebody go, can they get their job back if it's not mandated anymore in the company? Mm. Well,
2: no, once once your if your employer is legally terminating you and let's say two months later there's no more mandate, there's no ability to get your job back at that point. Your employer may choose to hire you, of course but there's no mechanism to make them if the termination itself was legal at the time that it happened.
0: Okay. All right. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Sean. Appreciate your time as well. Any uh, further questions, of course, you uh, you can reach out, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Super simple email, That's and 1-855-821-5900. Of course, the phone number every time we do the show here on air, it's 416-870-6400. Moving down to uh, to Becky. Hi, Becky. Thanks for hanging on. Good evening.
3: Hi, how are you?
1: Loving uh, the fact that you called in. Thanks for your time. What's, uh, what's on your mind?
3: Okay. Um... I, I've been working at a brokerage for 14 years, I'm 69 years old, and they just sold to another business. I'm worried when they come to us this, this month with the new terms or whatever they're going to bring us, the new HR people, I'm worried, can they, can they let me go because of my age?
2: Well, they can't let you go because of your age. They can let you go, but not because of your age. The thing is, it's probably not going to necessarily be easy to show that it's because of your age. So, for example, yeah. if they hire on everyone and you're the only one that they don't hire and everyone else is much younger than you, well, yeah, you, yeah. I agree. It, it potentially looks like it's an age thing, right? But if they hire half the people and half the people they don't, as an example, it's going to be very difficult to show that it's because of your age. That said, okay. if as a result of this transaction you're out of a job, you're owed severance. Now, how long, remind me, have you been there? I've been there 14 years. And uh, you're 69, you'll probably be looking at about 15, 16 months of compensation. So if as a result of this situation, you are out of a job, then that's the severance it's owed to you. And if you don't get that, you know what to do, I hope, is you reach out to me as soon as possible. But the fact that you're not hired, that in and of itself does not make it age discrimination we would really need to be able to show that the reason why you're out and others, other people are in is because of your age.
3: Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm the oldest and, and the reality is like, nobody else is going to hire me, right?
2: It, 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 may, it may or may not. So if you don't get, if you're not hired, we need to have a discussion. Number one about severance, that's <laughs> kind of the easy uh, part of it. But yeah, we yeah. absolutely have to also consider why you weren't hired on by that buyer And whether it's because of your age, because if it is because of your age, that's a human rights violation. That's illegal. So, certainly, we need to discuss that if and when you find yourself that you're out of a job because of what's happening.
3: All right, then I will keep you posted.
1: Sounds that would good. be uh, that would be excellent, Becky. I'm going to give you that number, and you uh, you have it with you to shove in your wallet: one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. You know, she brought up an interesting point there, saying, you know, at my age, I'm not going to get another job. That is one of the factors you talk about that go into severance, which some people may think, wow, she's been there that long—fourteen months—seems like a lot of pay but she's 69. She's got a good point. I mean, is you know, she she's going to be battling to get a, f- a fresh job at that age. You got you got to imagine so you got to lengthen that time she uh, she has some some money in the bank to get her through, right? So we,
2: it goes back to thinking what is severance? What's the purpose of severance? Right. Right. So the purpose of severance is not to punish your employer for letting you go. It's to help you. It's to help the employee while they're looking for another job. So what it's gonna t- the factors that, that are going to impact someone's ability to find another job impact the amount of severance. So for her, she's 69. Right or wrong, it may be more difficult at 69 to find a job than it would be at 49. And because of that, she's going to get more severance at 69 than a 49-year-old person would. So age is one of the three main factors that go into assessing severance. The older you are, it's going to assume that it's going to be harder to find another job. Therefore, you're going to be owed more severance.
1: A great opening there. We're going to take a short break and get right back to it. We'll get to our topic, legal concepts that every employee must know. leor has got something else to talk about as well. But as always, your phone calls make the show. You make that call. You're helping many more people, including someone you know and care about as well. We all have the same questions about our jobs, especially in this climate. Four one six 416-870-6400, we'll continue Employment Law Show right here on Global News Radio.
0: Welcome back to the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio.
1: Welcome back. Indeed, helping tens of thousands of people across this country get the compensation they deserve when it comes to their employment rights. Want to reach out to Leor, co-founding partner Sam Firu, Tamarkin LLP, anytime. Would love to talk to you and listen to your uh, your concerns, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And for all things uh, concerning employment law, even before you make that phone call, or even before that, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. While you're there, you can also uh, tool around the severance pay calculator and figure out how much would it be if I ever lost my job? What would I be in for? That'll tell you right there, severance pay calculator, wrapped up in pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But as mentioned, phone lines wide open open and quiet, so you have some time to call in and ask your questions for the remainder of the show, 416-870-6400. Leo, I want to get into our, uh, our topic as well, legal concepts that every employee must know, but I know you had one more matter you wanted to uh, throw on the table first. What was it?
2: Yeah, another interesting matter. I spoke with uh, the, the nicest, sweetest lady you'll, you'll ever meet just a couple of days ago. She had worked uh, at a private school for some 10 years, uh, and every year, John, she signed a new contract for the school mm. year. So from September 1 till June 30th, every year, like clockwork for 10 years. uh, She's now in her 60s, loves her jobs, loves her students, doing, by all measures, a great job. Well, this past summer, uh, usually she would hear, she'd get that new contract in August. She didn't get it, doesn't get it. She follows up with the, the school principal, hey, what gives, haven't heard back. They completely ghost her, no response, nothing. She hears nothing. Fast forward, now we're in November, still nothing. She calls me, and she wants to know, what, do I have any rights here? So let's start with the fact that clearly now she has been terminated, right? School started in September, it's November, she hasn't heard from them, not a peep, not a word, not a document, nothing. She's been terminated. So the question is, what is she owed? Now, it's easy to think, well, she signed a contract that ended uh, June 30th, so contract is done, she's not owed anything. No. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Our regular listeners I hope by now know that when you sign multiple contracts back to back to back, those contracts become meaningless and you're then considered a regular indefinite employee. Usually once we're beyond three contracts. She signed 10 contracts. So those contracts are meaningless. They are not worth the paper they are written on. So she's an indefinite employee. She's was terminated after 10 years of service. She's in her 60s as a teacher. Probably owed right around 14, 15 months of severance. So that's a lot of compensation that she's owed. And, and I'm engaged to help her with this. I think that school's gonna have a bit of a rude awakening. Uh, so it's important to remember that. That uh, if you sign multiple contracts, you know, usually kind of three is that magic number. Once you're beyond that three those contracts are meaningless. You're not on contract anymore, despite you signing it, you're an indefinite employee. And that's especially important when it comes to your severance.
1: 416-870-6400 is the way to go. Hello, Barb, thank you for taking the time. Good evening.
3: Hi, Um, I'm uh, working in a teaching facility and uh, in a union. So the union hours are between six hours and 12 hours. Uh, applied for a religious exemption. Um, I have been offered a contract for the new year, um, but um, if I don't get my religious exemption, the union is supportive of the vaccine. So I think that I would have to go to the Ministry of Labour to get the union to advocate on my behalf. But I have been offered more hours, so that would put me out of the union and onto a contract, and I'm just wondering if I t- take the additional hours, um, would I be able to then hire a lawyer?
2: So, if you take the additional hours, and now you're no longer covered by the collective agreement, you're now in an agreement directly with the uh, the education institution. And yes. then something happens to you: you're let go, you're suspended. Then, absolutely, yes. You can absolutely hire a lawyer, you can absolutely, absolutely work with me so I can help you deal with the matter. But that only mm-hmm. happens if you accept it and that's it, that deal is, is finalized and then something happens to your employment. If Something were to happen okay. to your employment right now, unfortunately yeah. the union is the only one that can help you and there's nothing that you can do. So the, the timing of the situation is going to be of great importance.
3: Right, okay. Um, so, e- even though they've offered me an advance contract for like January, um, and if I say, okay, yeah, I'll take the, the 15 hours, which gets me out of the union for January, um, like I'm able to work now, um, the religious exemption would apply for the January period.
0: So.
2: This new contract would only start in January. So if something happens right. to your employment right now, then there's, only the union can deal with it. Come January, yeah. if something happens at that point, that's when you can deal with the lawyer. So again, timing uh, is, is really the most important thing here.
3: Okay, and can you still go to the Ministry of Labor if the um, uh, union doesn't act in, um, I don't know what the term is, but um, kind of fairly it, it, for yeah. all?
2: It's called a duty of fair representation, and it's not the Ministry of Labor. It's the Labor Board, a different body. But yes, you can go to the Ontario Labor Relations Board and file a complaint Mm -hmm. against the union. I can Mm -hmm. tell you, though, that those complaints are rarely successful, and I would be very, very surprised if it was successful here. It's just that the Labor Board gives the union quite a bit of leeway.
3: Right, yes. I figured that, especially now. Okay, thanks then.
1: Thank you, you, Barb. Appreciate uh, appreciate your time as well. 416-870-6400. That is the number to call in. Just like Barb, ask your questions, get some clarity, get some answers. Okay. Legal concepts that every employee must know. So listen up for these. There's a good list here and some of this might ring familiar. And if it doesn't, you're going to learn something in the next 10 minutes for sure in between our phone calls. Number one, the law can't stop your employer from doing something. How about that one?
2: This is very important, and it's especially important these days when we're talking about mandatory vaccines, because I've been getting calls, emails daily, tens of times, tens of times a day, tens of of calls every single day asking me, you know, my employer's telling me I have to get the vaccine. If not, I'm out of here. Is this legal? But what they're really asking is not is it legal, is they're asking is, if it's not, can I stop them? Can right. this whole right. m- requirement policy, can we erase it? Can we prevent that from ever happening? And that's when we need to talk about this concept that you mentioned, that the law cannot stop anyone from doing something. There's no mechanism where you you actually can say, well, look at that. You, you, you're not, you, you have to stop doing this as per section 12 of the Employment Standards Act. No. The way the law works when it comes to employment law is to compensate employees if an employer is doing something they're not supposed to do. So for many individuals, that's not a good outcome. They want to stop the employer. They don't want to lose their job and deal with compensation. They, they want to continue working. Unfortunately, the law can't stop your employer from doing something, even if it's not legal. That's why when we hear the show, we talk a lot about compensation, about severance. Not because I'm interested in severance, uh, necessarily. It's because that's what the law can do. The law can only get you compensation if your employer does something. So I want people not to think about, can we stop this from happening? The answer is no, it's not going to be possible. For example, you will lose your job if your employer uh, tells you that you will, unless you get vaccinated, you're going to be owed compensation, you're going to be owed damages, but you will lose your job because you can't stop your employer from actually doing something.
1: Another legal concept uh, in the employment realm is this, if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. How about that for all of life, right? If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. I think
2: you're right. I think those are smart uh, things to consider. These are words to live by, but especially when it comes to your workplace and your workplace rights. You know, if you get a promise from your employer, if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. If someone says something that's inappropriate, again, if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist because it's easy to deny Uh, If you file a complaint and you tell your employer, "I'm, I'm triggering my right to file a complaint about harassment. Again, if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. So always, always get something in writing. And it's also very simple. If your employer won't give it to you in writing, no problem. You put it in writing. Send an email to your employer confirming what was said, confirming what happened. That has so much value and so much power. It's unbelievable how much power that has. You never want to get into a he said, she said type of a dispute if you can avoid it. So if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. I'll always ask you if you call me with a workplace issue, what do you have to show? What do you have to prove it? What do you have in writing? Get it in writing. Create it yourself if you need to. You'll be glad that you did.
1: Someone may be thinking, okay, you just mentioned an email, Lior, so I sent whoever's concerned the email, but I don't get a reply.
2: No problem. You send your employer an email saying, employer, confirm me that today during our meeting, you told me that I'm out of a job in 30 days, whatever it is. Uh, Your employer doesn't reply. Perfectly fine. That lack of reply is the same as accepting. It's the same as saying I agree. So it's perfectly fine not to get a reply. Just make sure that that there's a record that you sent that email or that text message. If you have that, you're protected.
1: Again, 416-870-6400. you got lots of time to call in, ask your questions about these or any other matters concerning you. Some questions, no matter how bizarre you may think it is, there may be thousands of other people thinking the same thing and scratching their head, right? 416-870-6400. Legal concept number three, there is no such thing as, quote-unquote, job security. There really
2: isn't. And that's, that's tied to what I said in, in the first point, but the reality is, that an employer can generally let you go at any time and again pretty much for any reason as long as severance is paid so you may be the best employee you may have worked the longest you may have had the best performance reviews that does not mean that you have job security it does not mean that the employer must keep you the employer can let you go because today is Wednesday and they feel like it Again, that's not right ethically and morally but legally It is appropriate and it is legal as long as they pay you compensation and severance. Your job as the employee, if you are let go is to make sure you get proper severance because your employer chances are is not going to offer you the correct amount. 90% of the time that's what happens. So no, there's no such thing as job security. There's no such thing as guaranteed work. There's no such thing as guaranteed income. What there is is the right to get severance if you lose your job.
1: This whole concept of job security is not more of a creature of a, of a union environment. People hear that term, oh, I have job security because I'm unionized. Isn't that really where it comes from? doesn't help in the non-union scenario, but...
2: Correct. So what we're talking about always here, employment law. Employment yeah. law, by definition, is non-union. Union situations, labor law. In labor law, in the unionized setting, there is job security in the sense that an employer can't let an employee go unless it's based on seniority. So once you, re- you reach a certain level of seniority, you have job security, at least in theory. Uh, that does not apply to non-union employees. Your employer, if they decide to let people go, don't have to follow seniority. They can let go of the more senior person, but of course, John, this is the key. The, the key. They have to pay severance as much as 24 months pay, which is something that does not happen in the unionized environment.
1: Again, a lot of these points and uh, questions you may have, I'm going to direct you to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca when the show is over. You can go there anytime. It's anonymous, it's free, and there's a ton of information there as well. There is contact on the website as well, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll get to more of these uh, these legal concepts here in a moment as we still got some time. 416-870-6400. Uh, Nick, thank you for calling in tonight, taking some time. How are you? Hi, good. Excellent. What's on your mind? Oh, fantastic. Really glad you called in. What's on your mind?
0: Okay, so uh, my employer is asking uh, to upload my vaccination proof, and they're going to yes. be keeping it. They're going to be keeping it into a server, a third-party server, for them to be able to. Uh, if if you're traveling and you have to go to a site, then for them to be able to just give it to the. Uh, if they request it proof of vaccination is that legal
2: so it's certainly appropriate for you nick to ask your employer what safety measures are being taken so no one can just access your your medical uh, information whenever they want to is it protected who can access it when can they access it how are you going to know if someone accessed it so that's these are relevant questions because your employer is required to protect this information but Ultimately, I don't want you to think in terms of legal or not. Here's what I want you to consider is if your employer is drawing this line in the sand, you must do this. If you don't, you're probably going to lose your job. If you don't, you're probably going to be suspended. So you have to ultimately decide what is better for you. But asking those questions is important. If your employer is not going to protect your privacy, and then they're going to let you go, you're going to have an even stronger case for wrongful dismissal. So I think you should ask those questions as soon as possible.
0: Well, they do they do have an explanation of what they're going to be using it for. But in my case, I don't think I'm eligible. Uh, like, I don't go to on-site. You know, that that's one of the things that uh, uh, they should be considering. But the other thing is, I do have the QR code. And I'm willing to give them the the information that they require when they ask for it. But I want to be able to control this piece of paper that I got to be able to give it to whoever I want, not whoever they want.
2: And and what you're saying, uh, Nick, makes sense. And I, I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, you've been vaccinated, you have the paper, you can show the paper. What's the problem? But that's not the real issue. The real issue is that despite what you said is reasonable and what I said is reasonable. If your employer says that's not good enough, if you don't upload it to the server, you're going to be let go. You can't stop that. You will be let go. So you have to decide what is better. Is it better to upload it to the server and keep your job or not to upload it and lose your job? If you lose your job, you will be owed severance. Absolutely. But ultimately you have to decide what's best for you.
0: Okay, thanks, Leo. Uh, now, can you go off there? I got a quick uh, uh <laughs> oh, we're, I
2: wanna we're, make. we're live, my friend. We're live, so I can't really do that. So uh, maybe after we, the show.
1: That's right. We'll follow up, and I'll give you the number as well, Nick, so you can uh, stand by for that. Here's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 855 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Moving on down to uh, to Jay. Hi, Jay. Thanks for standing by. Good evening.
4: Hey, good evening. Thanks for taking my call.
1: No worries. What's up?
4: Yeah, I'm calling uh, essentially uh, uh, representing thousands of Canadian pharmacy workers, uh, non-unionized environment. I uh, will make that uh, that clear. Mm-hmm. Um, we at the start of the uh, the, the COVID outbreak, um, our corporate uh, uh, parent company uh, made an interesting decision to to pay us two dollars extra an hour. Um, we had no idea this was coming. It just showed up in our paycheck as a as a COVID. Uh, Kind of a, I'm not sure how it was, how it was uh, connotated, whether it was a hazard pay, but the gist of it was uh, COVID, extra work, extra risk, extra money. Um, mm-hmm. this, this happened for about uh, four weeks, uh, two bi weekly payment schedules, and then was just sort of quietly and suddenly removed. And uh, for the last year, we've been doing certainly the same type of work, but more of it in a much more intense environment without that $2 pay, which really helped us feel like uh, they, they understood and, and, uh, and uh, acknowledged the extra work and responsibility and, and safety concerns. So my question simply is, uh, is there any legal precedent for, for us to, uh, to ask uh, why that is no longer in place? And, and if so, how would we go about uh, making that happen?
2: Well, I mean, if you're asking me, can we ask, of course you can ask. Uh, You can talk to your employer whenever you want. The real question is, is there anything you can do to force your employer to give it back or to do something if they refuse? And the answer is no, and and here's why. Number one, uh, they give you a pay increase, which is fine, and then they decrease your pay. The problem is that the $2 pay decrease probably doesn't rise to the level of a constructive dismissal we would need probably, you know, about 15, maybe more percent of a pay decrease for that to be a constructive dismissal. So it's not a significant enough decrease, number one. And number two is because that decrease, quote unquote, happened a while ago, by now you're considered to have accepted it. So it's the new term of employment. Uh, so because of those reasons, Jay, there's not going to be much that you can do to force your employer to, to either pay you damages, to, to reinstate it, or to pursue a constructive dismissal.
4: Sure. So let's just let's just revisit the the, the first point you made there. Um, I think a lot of people would be very surprised and uh, to hear that uh, the vast majority of, of Canadians working in, in the pharmacies uh, administering these uh, these COVID uh, injections and and paperwork were, are are making minimum wage. So a two dollar an hour decrease. Uh, if you were making sure. at the time fourteen dollars an hour, it, I think that is fifteen percent. Yeah, I'm not no, mistaken. you're right.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
4: So so the the second issue again. I mean, this is this is where where you know the the employer, unfortunately, it's uh, it, it's a shady area. Uh, you're so busy going to work. You're so busy doing the job. Um, you you have a certain degree of I, I won't say trust but a certain degree of understanding with your employer. So it's unfortunate. It sounds like there is no there's nothing that we can do about this. But at least uh, I thank you for taking my call and, and hopefully spread the word that uh, the, the the Canadian pharmacy workers are incredibly underpaid and overworked. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a real problem in my in my opinion. When that type of work would normally have been done in a professional health environment. Uh, You can imagine how much an rpn would make for example or or even a nurse
1: sure yeah yeah jay appreciate the call and even that you know leori said two pay periods would that be long enough for it to be concrete even if he even if it wasn't the length of time that he accepted it did did they because that was pretty short time to get that two extra bucks an hour right
2: it is and and you're the employer can say you know this was never intended to be uh, right. forever this was just for this period of time although again the onus would be on the employer to show that that was temporary mm-hmm. i think we can deal with that the biggest issue here is the fact that i think you said a year ago they, they yeah, got the long. pay taken away they've accepted it by now that's why when your employer changes terms of employment pay decrease hour change whatever it is you have to deal with it right away
1: want to quickly get to uh, to joe joe we got about a minute left so uh, so pack it in there brother what's uh, what's going on
4: Okay,
0: a quick question here. Yeah, um, but- my employer here is giving us some incentive program. Um, if we work X amount of overtime, we might get a $50 or $100 gift certificate in a month, and then they're putting that gift certificate amount on our paycheck as income. And
2: Yeah, also- no, 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 no. First of all, <laughs> if you work overtime, so overtime for most people is anything over 44 hours a week, you get time and a half. They have to pay you that in dollars, not in gift certificates. And a yes. gift like that should not be included as income on on your pay as well. Again, I'm not I'm not an accountant, but that's certainly my understanding. So this may well be a breach of the Employment Standards Act. Uh, you may want to go to the Ministry of Labour and say my employer is not paying me overtime properly. It, it's it's not a good way to do that. And not a legal way. So uh, I'm I'm very surprised that an employer think would think that that's uh, appropriate.
4: Yes, I had the same thought myself.
1: Yeah. Joe, appreciate that. Uh, one final email. We've got about uh, two minutes to go here. Kyle writes in, uh, Leora says, "Leora's eight months of severance enough for a 60-year-old salesperson with 15 years of service. Eight months.
2: Eight months. Not even close. Remember the factors, John, age, position, and the length of employment. So for him, that amount probably is 14, 16 months, you know, depending on his income levels, if it's gonna be difficult to replace, it could easily be 18 months as well. So he's gone probably 50 cents on the dollar. Now that's not unusual. Most people find themselves in that situation. Same with you at home. If you're staring at that severance letter with that severance offer, I can tell you just based on experience without reading it, chances are you owed a lot more than what's in there. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to calculate your severance. Again, free and anonymous. Give me a call. Do not sign anything, just like this person, offered half of them what he's owed. Do not sign anything without speaking
1: to me first. And we are done. We appreciate all your phone calls. Don't forget to write this down and reach out to Lior and his team. Co-founding partners Sam Firu, Tamarkin LLP, you are in good hands the most positively reviewed employment law firm across this entire country. How do you do it? 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca and I mentioned that website several times, really useful. Really free and anonymous as well, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll wrap it up. Be back here in the weekend. Stick around, though. Alex Pearson coming right back. On Point continues, and this is Global News.